you are a baseball agent. And in normal times, if you are fortunate enough to have a few major leaguers as clients, things go smoothly. You negotiate contracts, you look for endorsement opportunities for your clients, and everyone makes out okay. He struck him out! And he sneaks out the bases loaded jam to lock down a 2-1 win over the New York Yankees. Jansen gets a save, and boy, what a save it was. But in 2020, nothing is as it used to be. Your clients aren't all millionaires. Many of them have uncertain futures and are flat out worried about how to make it through this. Their lives and your job are much, much different than they used to be. I'm Dan Schulman, and this is a Swing and a Belt. And the winning run with one out is at third base for Lourdes Goriel Jr. Again, the 3-2 and a chopper into left field for a base hit. Guriel with a bouncer that goes for a single, scoring Hernandez, and the Blue Jays will walk it off in Game 1. Adam Katz is an executive vice president and managing executive in the baseball division of Wasserman Media Group, one of the most successful sports agencies in the business. Along with co-executive VP Joel Wolf, Wasserman can count among its clients star players like Nolan Arenado, Giancarlo Stanton, and Javier Baez. Adam personally handles the careers of players like Kenley Jansen, Jeff Samarja, and the Guriel brothers, Yuli and Lourdes, among others. Earlier in his career, Adam represented players including Sammy Sosa, Aaron and Brett Boone, and Aaron is actually how Adam and I met, and Tony Fernandez, who of course is thought of so fondly amongst Blue Jay fans. Adam is a good friend, and I am told on good authority that at one point he had as nice a stroke from three-point range as anybody you ever played pickup ball with. How's the jumper, Adam? Is it, st is it still pure? It's more 13, 14 feet these days. <laughs> oh, no. But not bad, but not awful. Not bad? Okay, that's that's good. All right, as, as long as you're still knocking them down every now and again. Uh, how are you? How's your family? How uh, have the last five months gone for somebody in the business that you're in? It's fine. Uh, making some good out of it exercising and eating right. Inter I made a living interacting with people for 36 years and that's out. So it's an adjustment. I feel like I've been holding a, my, my running joke is I feel like I've been holding a difficult yoga pose for 150 <laughs> days. <laughs> Are you about ready to come out of that pose? And, and I'm ready. Try? I'm ready right now. <laughs> so on a scale of one to 10, where one is exactly the same and 10 is completely different, how different have the last five months been? Is it a 10? It's somewhat different because I'm good at home. I'm good by myself. I'm good with my kid. I'm probably a little less impacted than some, but it's been an adjustment. We've had pandemic with labor crisis. Then we had pandemic with social unrest. Then we have pandemic with politics. It's just, a, it's a lot. There's so a lot going on. I think anybody <laughs> that's not being impacted isn't telling you the truth, I don't think. And what about on the professional side in terms of doing the job that you've done for 36 years? Is that closer to a 10 maybe than on the personal side? Yeah, that's tougher because interacting with players was normally done in person and was more efficient, more effective in person, interacting with my colleagues and my staff. And I, I also say that even when we're all in the same room looking each other in the eye, communication is tough. <laughs> Now that we're uh, apart, 
it makes effective communication a little more difficult, but we're managing. We're doing all right. Uh, so, Katsy, I mentioned you've got Kenley Jansen, Jeff Samarja, Yuli, and, and Lourdes Guriel. But do you also have, you know, young players maybe who are just starting? Do you have guys in the minors? Like, do you have clients who are at all different stages of their careers and maybe in all different financial situations as well? Sure. What we have over here at Wasserman is a, is a really exceptional group. So, Joel Wolf and I run it, and he looks after Nolan and Darvish and Stanton, and he's as good of an agent as there is in the business, in my judgment. And then Nick Chanick takes care of uh, younger guys like Javi Baez and Jose Barrios, and he's a super talented agent. And I help out with some guys like Manuel Margot, and it's a mishmash, and we all look after everybody, and it's a good team effort. Okay. So what kind of issues have you been dealing with since COVID hit, like since the middle of March? I would imagine you got phone calls from clients with concerns about things you've never you've never heard of before. And I don't want you to put anybody, you know, in an uncomfortable spot. We don't need names. But but what, what are some of the issues that you've been dealing with or that your clients have been dealing with that they've come to you for help on? Well, things happen quicker because we're in a truncated fast season. So I'll characterize it as more like MASH. People are old enough to remember that television show, mm -hmm. MASH, MASH surgery mm -hmm. instead of Mayo Clinic, <laughs> take your time surgery. Yeah. They called it meatball surgery on MASH. I think they did. Yeah. That's what it is. Cause you get these issues and you have to fly. And what normally might take two, three, four days of a little bit of intricate negotiating and time is just move, man, move. So that's one thing. And then we have all the medical issues leading up to this and the medical protocols. That's been, jeez, it's been an adjustment. So let's start on the medical side. Have any of your clients really expressed concern about their well-being or have any of your clients opted out of the season? Yes, we had some opt-outs. I think the Ross brothers opted out. And other names aren't jumping out at me, but I think we have another one or two. And then we have a whole spectrum. We, I get just what you might think I would get. For every 10 guys, there's 10 different attitudes towards the virus and the protocols. So it's a spectrum of things I get from my guys. Were there any clients of yours who called you and said, listen, Katsy, I don't know what to do. Uh, I, I'm confused. I don't have enough information. I need some help making a decision about whether I'm going to play or not. Nobody hit me with that kind of indecision. People, again, it's a more collaborative. I'm trying to pace through the players. Everybody would discuss it and discuss their attitudes, their enthusiasm, their fears, their concerns, and we'd talk about it. And we had a handful of opt-outs. Everybody else is, seems to be just doing their job and managing so were you doing like Zoom calls with groups of your clients or individual phone calls? How are you staying in touch with people over this time? I'm not a Zoom guy because of how I look on camera, but <laughs> but we communicated. We we did a great job of communicating. We, we stayed very close with the Players Union, felt like we were out front of those issues as much as you can be. So we just communicated by phone call and texting and emailing and on, on occasion meeting. Not that much. Right, right. It's funny, but it, during the player-owner negotiations, uh, when they were trying to get the season started, a lot of friends of mine, good friends of mine, big baseball fans, I still heard from a lot of people, oh, they're all millionaires. They should just take whatever they're offered. They should just go work. They, you know, There's a pandemic going on. And obviously, you're on one side of this. You're on the player's side of this. But I would say to them, 
you know, actually like 65% of major league players make less than a million dollars. And actually the average career is like four years and things like that. But sometimes I think no matter what you say, people think that every player is a millionaire and they should just take what they're offered. During the time of the negotiations, did you have players expressing financial concerns to you, whether it's salary or service time or impending free agency or, or whatever issue was on their mind? Absolutely. I mean, we have 50 or 60 guys. They're not all Giancarlo Stanton and Jeff Samarja and Kenley Jansen and you Darvish. They're not all that. So we have plenty of middle class type players that struggle with that stuff. And it was a genuine concern. That notion, that narrative that they're all millionaires was just the owners being more successful at promoting that narrative than we should have been because it's not an accurate portrayal. And there's also the the long history of this labor situation, which goes back to when I started in the in the mid '80s, so I've seen it, and it's a worthy pursuit to stand your ground on these issues. Have you read Lords of the Realm? I have, John Hellyer, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, I, I read it a few months ago during the negotiations, just to kind of familiarize myself with the history of the whole situation. But so. It's been a while, but I think my the guy that hired me out of law school, the great Tom Rich, was prolific in that book, if I have memory I serves. think I think you're right, yeah. So the, the middle class, as you put it, what are the real-life concerns that, that they had? Like, can you humanize them a little bit for the listeners that, hey, you know, baseball players are people too, and the, these are the, the worries that they had during those couple of months? Well, the exact same worries that our listeners are having right now. A guy that earns may earn three, four, five million dollars for four or five years and has three children and a wife isn't going to earn money when he's 31, 32 years old. And that's it. It's the exact same economic concerns for security, stability for your family that every listener right now is having with their own families. So as an agent, is there an element to, I mean, you're counseling these guys, you're there to listen, like, is there kind of a, a psychology element to your job as well, especially during difficult times? I would say, well, you always want a guy to, you know, you know I'm the player agent, so I always want player X to, to have the right frame of mind to produce and be as effective as he possibly can be this year. You always are discussing the future and you you're, of course, you're a psychologist, you're a friend, you're yeah. an uncle, you're a dad, you're, you're a resource. It's very important. And I assume your phone is on 24 seven or is it, is it Jerry Maguire-ish? You're available at all times. I, I'm 23, uh, <laughs> six, but it's a lot. <laughs> Have you had clients, Katzi, who are neither with the major league team nor even at the alternate player site? Like, again, do you have younger clients, guys coming up through the minors or kind of fringe major leaguers who just aren't even playing baseball right now? We do. My younger guys are the young agents, the young, capable, exceptional guys that are ready to take my seat. They're handling those guys, but we have a handful, more than a handful of those guys. Sure. And what are they doing? What are those players doing right now? They're home. They're, you know, there's nothing to do. The minor, the minor league system has been put on pause for the time being there's some independent league stuff there's some small league action but it's it's just been paused it's just affecting everybody at a profound level yeah so when when pause becomes play again whenever that is when you know when thing and you hesitate to even say get back to normal but do you have concerns about free agency about salaries just about players having the same benefits and getting what they got 
in, in the past? First, we don't even know if we're going to have fans in the stands next year. Anybody that's forecasting that's out of their mind. The optimist, the hopeful Adam, thinks that we sh- there's going to be a vaccine and we should be fine and the health of the game in the long term is good and that I'm fully expecting things to return to some semblance of normal normalcies. So we're going to advocate and push and be fierce and do the best we can, but we'll see. Did the Mookie Betts contract make you think that yeah, eventually everything will get back. I mean, Mookie Betts got everything he was going to get, right? He got a huge contract, an amazing contract. You know, that's one guy, one team. But did that make you think that the landscape will eventually be the way that it used to be? It'll be just as good for players as it used to be? The Mookie answer is that it was, uh, you know, obviously a strong contract. And Mookie's so dazzling. He's such an exceptional player and guy. And it seems like it might not have been an Andrew Friedman thing, but it sort of was. So Mookie's Mookie and the Los Angeles is a unique market in some respects. So, but on the other hand, it, it's a strong indicator of the health of the game and we'll view it as a hopeful okay. indicator. That's good. Uh, when's the last time you were on an airplane? March, flying home from a, a meeting with Aaron Boone in spring training. Jeez. Been a while. March was the last time I, I've been on one, and I'm not getting on one soon. I know you're starting to travel again. How do you feel about airports, airplanes, hotels, ballparks, whatever you're about to go see again? It's right in the category of root canal. Not my favorite, <laughs> but I got a, I got an 87 year old mom, and she's youthful and strong and healthy. But I got to go see her. 87's 87. I'm going to Pennsylvania. Okay, well, you're getting on a plane for a good reason, so you're, so you're going yes, to see sir. family. That, that, that's good. We've got a lot of Canadian listeners on this podcast, so let me ask you about a couple of guys. I mentioned that Lourdes Gurriel is one of your clients, and he's a big fan favorite amongst Blue Jay fans. Tell us a little bit about Lourdes the guy. We see him in the dugout all the time having fun. Like, he is, he looks like a jokester, a prankster. Like he, he looks like a big kid sometimes. Tell us a little bit about Lourdes' personality. When I, when I talk about Lourdes, I can't not talk about that family. That father is like uh, royalty and the way he conducts himself and comports himself and his dedication to his business and his craft. So Lourdes may show you that, but he's such a good guy and a hard worker and a dedicated teammate. You know, he's a fun, nice guy, but business is business with Lourdes in my judgment. Yuli, the exact same way, his, his older brother. Yeah, and Lourdes has had some great moments with the Blue Jays, and he's looked at part of the foundation, obviously, for the future. You said the word royalty, and the late, great Tony Fernandez is uh, within Blue Jays Nation. He is royalty, and he will always be royalty, and I know you represented him. Tell us a little bit about Tony. Royalty is the exact right word. He was an absolute gentleman, kind, listened, cared deeply. He was just special. He was a unique. A mature, wonderful guy. I have no other word. Royalty is the word, the best word to sum him up. Yeah, I can imagine you've made acquaintances and friendships and relationships that will last a lifetime. That you know, going back thirty-five years ago, you probably got a pretty good contact list in your phone that twenty-five-year-old uh, Adam Katz wouldn't have been sure he would have. Right, baseball world's become my second family, and I'm grateful is not nearly enough of a word. It's just, it's been a great run. As is the case with everybody, as you mentioned, here's hoping things get back to whatever the new normal is and that it doesn't take too long. I know you're traveling, as you said, safe travels. Glad you're going to see your mom. Glad she's doing well. 
And I hope to bump into you at some point. I enjoy our text chats and our uh, our occasional FaceTime chats, but I look forward to seeing you in person at some point uh, in Los Angeles, whenever that can be possible. Always good to be with you. Thanks for asking to be, me to be on the podcast, bro. I appreciate it very much. All right, Kat. And work on that range. Get back out to the three-point line, will you? It's going in. It's moving to 10. <laughs> <laughs> You got to admit, he's a pretty down-to-earth sounding guy for a powerful agent, and he's undoubtedly dealing with client issues that he's never had before. And like all of us, he's hoping things get back to normal, whatever that means, before too long. This episode of A Swing and a Belt, produced as always by Christian Ryan. I'm Dan Schulman. Thanks for listening.